God bless you, choir and team. Uh, can we? Oh, love it. I was telling some people before we started this morning, I said, you know what? I'm nervous. And they looked at me kind of strange. And not because, not, not because I'm nervous about the people here or anything like that. It's just like God's up to something. And it's like, I'm like, God, okay, I don't want to be in the way of anything that you're doing. It's kind of like those prayers, and I pray these often. I don't know if any of you ever, ever pray these prayers. It's, it's a prayer of, uh, God, help me not to mess this up. Like, that's, that's my prayer, right? And so this morning, we just, we just celebrate Jesus. Happy Easter, everyone. Happy Easter. Wow. Um, God is good. What a great day to celebrate the faithfulness of God. God is good. He's at, he's at work. He's, he's alive. It's a time to reflect on the love and the justice of God all at the same time that was displayed at this Easter season through the cross and the resurrection. It's beautiful. Easter is such an important season for Christians. I mean, Christmas is, is important because you wouldn't have Easter without Christmas, but, but Easter is the linchpin of the Christian faith. And, and it's so packed with meaning and value. Like across the globe, people are celebrating Easter right now. And when it comes to making sense of the Easter season, and you'll get what I mean by that as we go on, but as we, as we try to make sense of the Easter season, we have the benefit of history and the Bible, the New Testament, on our side. We look at it from, from this side of the cross. We get a different perspective than those that were around on the day of Jesus' crucifixion. I can't imagine. I can't imagine what it was like for the disciples. I mean, think of it. They'd spent all that time with Jesus in ministry. Like he'd called them. He had spent time with them. He, they lived together for, for three years and, and he poured into them and he taught them and he, and he invested in them and he loved them and they loved him and they spent all that time together and he explained to them God's redemptive plan for humanity and they tried to soak it in as best they could. But, but then they, they, they go through this process and Jesus goes to, into Jerusalem with them and they witness their friend, their rabbi, their leader, their teacher. They witness him get betrayed and arrested and beaten and mocked and killed. It's, and we try to make sense of that. And, and, and I know he told them, he told them that, that, you know, I will rise again. It's like, this has to happen. But it's like, can you imagine? I mean, that's brutal. That's, that's, that's brutal. That's, and, and as much as we celebrate Easter, on the surface, it was not pretty. <laughs> but it didn't end there. It, it didn't end in a brutal crucifixion. It doesn't end at the cross. You see, there's a story beyond the cross. There's a story still being written. And it's beyond the pain. It's beyond the death. It is beyond the cross. Jesus faced things that we would consider impossible. Like we would try, you know, just, it's just impossible. He willingly sacrificed his own life. He willingly laid down his life for the sake of lost and broken humanity. Jesus wasn't the helpless victim. He was the willing savior. Like sometimes, you know, you get like, Oh man, if it hadn't been for that plot against his life, you know, if he had just stayed away from Jerusalem, if, you know, all these different things, like, no, 
he was a willing savior. And that's really hard for us to fully comprehend. It's really hard for, you know, the scripture talks about, you know, sometimes maybe, maybe someone would die for a good man, or you know what I mean? Like somebody might, might, might agree to, to give their life for a good cause, but we try to wrap our heads around this, and it's like for us, for broken humanity, what would ever possess him to go through with this? I mean, come on, like this is, I want to challenge all of us here this morning, me included. This may not be a, a typical Easter message, and actually, I pray that it's not. <laughs> I pray that this isn't a typical Easter message. And, and, I, and I don't want to start with the message of, or the, the, the story of, of Mary when she, she comes to the tomb and, and it finds it empty. And the angel said, he's not here. And then she sees Jesus and thinks he's the gardener and he says her name and all of us. And she knows, like, that's a great story. But, but I'm not starting there. I mean, I'm not going to start with Peter and John, two of the disciples, who after the girls came back and told them, it's like they raced to the tomb and they poked their head in and, and it's empty. And, and, and it's like all of a sudden they have this revelation that, wow, maybe he actually did raise from the dead. And it's like, I mean, that'll preach, but that's not where I'm going this morning. I want to start with Hebrews chapter 12, reading verses 1 to 3. Hebrews chapter 12 now, the, reader, the writer of the book of Hebrews, the, the, the person that wrote it, in chapter 11, which is the one just before 12, hey, aren't you happy I knew that? <laughs> chapter 11, it, it's, it's about, um, it's really this faith hall of fame. It's where the writer begins to, to list these people that by faith this happened and by the faith this happened. And there was, you know, there was Noah and there was Abraham and there was Rahab and there was this list of all these great people, Gideon of the Old Testament, is heroes of Israel that by faith they saw so many things. And it goes down through this list and it talks about them and it says, there's just too many to list. And he keeps going on and talking about that. And then in verse 12, or, or uh, verse 1 of chapter 12, it says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. So there's all these um, heroes of the faith that, that kind of surround, they, they create this backdrop for us. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's, let's throw off everything that hinders us, the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let's, let's fix our eyes on Jesus. He was the greatest hero of the faith, by the way. So fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Now listen, this is, this is where it gets into Easter who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, which is the place of authority, the right hand of God. That's the highest authority under God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let's take a moment and pray. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you, Lord, that, that your word is living and active. Lord, that there's power in your word, there's power in your spirit. God, that, that Lord, you are at work through your word. And Lord, as we explore this, Lord, as we, as we look at, at the cross and we look at what's beyond the cross and we look at what you've done on the cross, God, open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, hear our hearts to comprehend, Lord, what you're doing. Lord, may we leave here different than we came because of what you're doing in us. Lord, may your word come alive. Lord, may these stumbling words that I bring forth, may there be such 
an anointing upon your word, God, that the message gets through to your people. And that, God, that we can walk out of here changed because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. For the joy set before him. For the joy set before him. It was what was on the other side of the cross. It was what was on the other side. It was beyond the cross that gave Jesus and us context for the cross. The cross in itself, it, it's a point in time. It's, it, it, it is that, but it's like it was what be, was beyond that that really helps us. Jesus had to endure some things. He had to endure the shame, the, all those different things, the scourging that he had to endure, but with the promise of joy beyond. There was, there was things that he went through. There was challenges for the joy set before him. It was for that which was beyond that Jesus endured. You see, he could see redemption. He could, he could see salvation. He could, he could see a bigger picture. He could see beyond. He was able to pray in the garden before he was betrayed. Lord, if this cup can pass for me, if, if what I'm about to face could be done any other way, Lord, please. But, but if not, not my will, but yours be done. How? Because of what was beyond the cross. The cross was not the end. It was a point in history along a path to a redemption of mankind. It was not the end. I love how the Gospel of Luke records the story of Jesus appearing to the disciples soon after his resurrection. They were, they were freaking out. They were, they, were, they were freaking out thinking that he was a ghost. He appeared to them. He came through it. But he reassures them <laughs> that it's indeed him. We, we see this in, Math, in Luke chapter 24, where Jesus comes to them, and they're, they're gathered, and he says, you know, it's really me. No, see, see the scars, like, and then he goes, like, <laughs> out of frustration, I think, sometimes, or, or just a, almost as a tongue-in-cheek. He goes, you got any fish? I'm hungry. Give me something to eat. So he eats in front of them just to help them to see. He's like, no, I'm not a ghost. I'm really here. This is me. And we read in Luke chapter 24. If we pick it up in verse 44, I want to, because I'm trying to keep this contained and short, and I don't want to get carried away. So Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 44. He's appeared to them, he's with them, and he says this to them. If you can imagine, he's with, he's with these guys soon after his resurrection. They've watched him die. He said, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Trying to explain. It's like, what is going on? This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. This is it. He says, guys, this is, like, this is what I've been talking about. Like, this is like, I know you had to see me crucified, and I know that was probably tough. Yeah, it wasn't easy for me either. And, and you witness that, and it's like, but guys, I'm here. This is real. Like, you've got to realize, like, this is the plan. This is, it's unfolding right before your eyes. This is it. This is happening, and you're seeing it. It's like, I tried to tell you. Like, I, I tried to explain it to you, and I know it's hard. The prophet spoke of this. It was written in the Old Testament. This was part of God's redemptive plan. This changes everything. 
This changes everything. They'd seen Lazarus raised. That was just a primer. That was like the little jelly beans before you actually get the rabbit. Right? This was like, it was like, the, this was like he, they got to see some things and God was at work, but he said, this is, this is what it's really all about. This is where it all changed. And it's, and it's so cool because we can read in the Gospel of Mark chapter 15. It's like I'm jumping around a little bit, but in Mark chapter 15, it gives the account of when Jesus actually died and what occurred in that moment. Mark chapter 15, starting at verse 37. So jumping back to, to, to when he was actually crucified and when he died, and Mark records it this way. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. But more happened than just that. It says the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. He breathed his last. And then, and then the curtain in the temple. It's just, and that was heavy-duty stuff. Like this wasn't, the temple, the, this huge heavy curtain that was ornate, it ripped from the top to the bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus heard his cry and saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the Son of God. You see, the curtain separated the holy place from the most holy place. And only a few priests were, were allowed access to that. I mean, that was the holy of holies. That was where the presence of God dwelt. That was the most precious place. It's, and it's believed that it was from the eyewitness account of, of some of the priests that were actually in the temple at the time when this curtain was torn that later became believers in Jesus because of everything that was going on, that they were there and they saw it and, and their witness to that in the future allowed us to have that account within this, uh, this scripture where, where they saw it and it's like the, the, the veil, it just it tore and it, and it opened. That was pretty symbolic. I mean, that gave access to the presence of God, which was only reserved for a very few. I talked about it last week in the, in the message about access to God and how when God acted in that way, he, he gave us access. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, and I'm throwing a lot of scriptures at you. It's because the Bible says it better than I can. The, to the veil was torn. It opened access Hebrews chapter 10, starting at verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. Okay, he says, guys, okay, we have access to the very presence of God. By a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, full of assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful." We have access. We can come into the presence of God. We can come boldly to the throne, not because of our own righteousness, but of, because of what Christ did. Because, of, because on that day when he died, it was torn. We were able to go beyond 
the cross. We were able to go into his presence, and we have that privilege today. I mean, it's one thing to think about a fancy temple with a fancy ark, with a fancy place that we could send the professionals in to meet with God. That, that it, it, and they would tie a rope to the ankle of the priest that went into the Holy of Holies. And you're like, why would they do that? Because if he dropped dead in the presence of God, then somebody could drag them out without dying themselves. That was their picture of the Holy of Holies. Paul's saying here, he's like, guys, you don't understand. That's not the way it works anymore. We don't approach God with fear. We can come with confidence because of what he did, not because of our own righteousness, because of his righteousness. And we have access to God. In the world that we live in, it's, it's, it's hard to wrap our heads around that. I mean, that's an incredible shift. God no longer confined himself to a temple. We can approach him. It's, it seems like foolishness in some ways. And Paul recognized that. And he even, he even writing to the Corinthians, you know, he, he was talking about the cross. He says, I don't try to explain this in a way that everybody can understand because it's foolishness to us in a lot of ways. And he said, the cross... The message of the cross. To those that are perishing, he says it's, it's, it's craziness. It sounds ridiculous. You know, nobody, nobody is like, really? This guy dying, being crucified, that's a win? And he said, but, but, to those that are being saved, it's, it's the power of God. It's the power of God. Scripture says that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Wow! The same power that raised Christ from the dead. We didn't gather in this building this morning because God is here. You're like, what? That's blasphemy. No, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. We didn't gather in this building because God is here in the building. We met in this building because it provides a focal point for his church together. It gives us a place to come together in the name of Jesus and experience corporately the presence in the power of God by his Holy Spirit that is within us, his church. It doesn't take a building. There are people meeting all over the globe this weekend under the mighty name of Jesus. That where two or three are gathered under a tree, God is in their presence. Where two or three are gathered in his name, the presence and power of God is there to bring healing, to bring hope. Where people are gathered by the thousands in different groups, in different huge buildings, God is there by his spirit. Not because of the building but because the veil was torn. It's because the, it was ripped open and it's beyond the cross. Because of the cross, we can gather together and the Spirit of God is in our midst. Man, yeah, somebody please. Like, I'm going to freak out up here. I'm passionate about this. But listen, if we gather on a Sunday morning and the presence of God is not evident, if the Holy Spirit isn't present, 
If, if the power of God is not in the midst, then there's no, if, if there's no sense of the supernatural, if there's no something, then what's the point? It's like, what are you saying, Pastor Glenn? If God's not in it, I don't want it. I mean, there's, there's, we could be anywhere here this morning. We could be home, sleeping in, waiting for the Easter bunny to show up, eating chocolate, praying the kids go into a sugar coma sooner rather than later. But the power of God, man, if God doesn't show up, and I'm not talking about warm, fuzzy feelings, although feelings are good. I'm talking about something real, something authentic, something supernatural, something holy, something transcendent. We live in a world today where people are desperate, desperate, desperate for something real. I'm desperate, desperate, desperate for something real. I'm desperate for something real for my kids. I'm desperate for something real for you. I love how our worship team, like last month, was like we stripped it back because it's like, listen, if we're just going to go through all the motions, like we might just as well just stay home. But we're not. We're not in this for going through the motions. We're in this because we're called. We're in this because God is real. We're in this because there is an authentic Savior that tore the curtain, that died for us, that brought us redemption, that gives us a life beyond the cross. And if we don't believe that, then, 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 then why do we bother? It's like, but we do believe that. Right. And that changes everything. Yeah. It changes everything. It, it gives us life. It gives us power. It gives us purpose, life beyond. Beyond the cross was resurrection. Yeah. Beyond death was new life. Beyond the price was the prize. Beyond the curtain is his presence. And in his presence is freedom, even life forevermore. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus left the cross behind. And by his grace, he has given us the power to leave some things behind. To get beyond some things. Because of the finished work of Christ on the cross, there are things that we can leave at the cross and move forward. The power is there to do that. As I read earlier from Paul, that very first scripture that I read, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, the race marked out for you. Let's throw that stuff aside. Let's, let's leave it and get beyond it. Let's believe that the cross was enough, that what Jesus did, because if that's not enough, what's enough? If his punishment for us, if that's not enough, then what is enough? If his death wasn't enough, if his resurrection, if the power that raised Christ wasn't enough to release you from whatever you're tied up in, then tell me, what's enough? What could be more powerful than that? Death could not hold him. The grave couldn't contain him. Nothing could keep him down. Temptation, he overcame. Everything, he was victorious. And it wasn't for a medal of his own. It was for us that we might walk in the freedom that he, come, that he brings to us. I'm going to ask the team to come back. 
Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. We've got this, we've got this little blackboard up here with, well, actually, it's a big blackboard. Beyond the cross on it. Beyond the cross. I believe this morning that we're gathered in this place for a purpose. And then even if it's only just for one, I believe that there's some people here this morning that are throwing off some stuff today. That are, that are going to get beyond some things today. That today is the day where, where there's something, there's a change, there's a breaking of chains, there's some freedom that comes. There's some things that, that need to be left behind. Maybe for you it's a hurt. Where maybe it was the church Maybe it was somebody you love dearly. It was, had to be somebody you love dearly because unless you love somebody dearly, you cannot be hurt deeply. And through that, you were hurt. And today, there, there's a place where, where you can begin to say, no, I'm not gonna live in that hurt. I am going to get past this hurt. It might be an offense. I mean, it, it happens in church life. If I haven't offended you yet, give it time, I will. <laughs> offense happens. It is like, it's, it's throughout the Bible. Offense happens. And if I have offended you, I apologize. It's like, it, I just don't always think before I speak. But it may be offense for you. Maybe it was the church somehow. Maybe it was something that happened and there was an offense. And today, you're going to get beyond your offense. Maybe, maybe it's guilt or shame. I know for me, even this morning, in the wee hours of the morning as I was supposed to be sleeping, but I was praying. And that's not to sound super spiritual. I just... I couldn't sleep and I never waste moments when I can't sleep so I pray and I was reminded again and the enemy was just and shame like the evil tentacles of shame tried to keep creeping back into my mind and into my heart again the shame that, that God had already released me from. The shame that Jesus said, it's okay. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. That, but the shame, the black tentacles of that was just trying to reach back into me. And I said, no, 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 no. No. I'm beyond that. Because of the cross, I can live beyond that shame. Guilt, the shadow of guilt, God has lit that up in my life. I don't need to live there anymore. Maybe that's the same for you. Maybe it's failure. You know, if failure had been the end, there wouldn't have been 12 disciples. Jesus would have been a solo project. Maybe it's failure. Maybe, maybe it's an attitude that you've got. Maybe it's a bad habit. Maybe it's the sin that so easily besets us that you've carried way too long. Maybe it's fear and anxiety. Maybe... I don't know what it is for you, but the reason I listed those things was to try to give a little context. Because sometimes we can sit there and it's like, we, we make it so out there somewhere that we, we don't think about what it really means where the rubber meets the road. And today, symbolic of surrendering something and leaving it at the foot of the cross and living beyond the cross. I want us to do something that I don't think we've ever done here what I want to do is invite people to come to the front 
and write on this chalkboard, there's chalk in that little basket that's next to it, what you have decided to leave behind. You're making a decision. You're taking a step of faith. I don't want you to put your name next to it or anything like that. That's, it's between you and God, but you're saying, I'm leaving this here and I'm allowing God to allow me to live beyond the cross. Maybe, maybe you're here today and you're like, yes, I have found freedom and you've left some things behind and you just want to be, you're living in the freedom of the cross and, and you want to celebrate that you're beyond something and you want to come up and say, can I put something there too? Yeah, absolutely. God's set you free from something and you want to celebrate and you want to write it on the board and just say, I am celebrating this. God is faithful. And if you're a guest here this morning, we just want to say you're among family here today. If you want to take part in this, you want to participate in this, you are more than welcome. This is bigger than us. This is God's kingdom that we're celebrating together this morning. So what I want to do is I want us to stand together and, and we're going to have a few folks be up here at the front as a, as a prayer team, as people to, if, if you come up and you write something, but you just want to, you just want to seal that in prayer and you want to spend a little bit of time up here at the front, just, just surrendering it to God and we can agree with you in prayer. We are more than happy to do that. But let's just, let's just be willing, you know, maybe to do something a little radical something a little different, something a little out of your comfort zone. I just want to pray. God, I thank you for your power that is in the cross, that, Lord, we can live beyond some things. God, that we can, we can allow you to, to help us to be, be set free. Lord, I pray for the breaking of chains today. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to overcome some things today. Lord, I'm believing that your resurrection power, Lord, was not just to raise Jesus, but it was to set us free. It was to show the authority of God over all things, including our issues, the things that we struggle with, the, the things that we're trying to overcome. And Lord, I thank you that you bring victory. I thank you that you have power. And God, I pray as we celebrate that this morning, Lord, that you will do something incredibly special in some people's lives this morning. Lord, I'm praying if there's anyone here that they've never surrendered their life to you, God, that they've heard about you, but they're not a Christian. They don't believe that you were the Son of God. But today they're willing to make that transition, Lord. I just pray that they would have the strength, that, that they would be able to, to come to you in just humble faith and just say, I just recognize that I need Jesus. Would somebody pray for me? God, I just pray that your saving power would be at work in this place. And so now as we begin to, to sing, as we begin to worship God, let's just leave some stuff and get beyond it in Jesus' name. Amen.